What a difference. The Talkbuster Podcast. Hi, I'm Chris Chipman. You may remember me from such podcasts as the Chipman Brothers Tangent and Creating Geeks, a parenting podcast of great responsibility. I'm here to bring you back to the late 90s, early 2000s, a time of amrays and clamshells, a time of late fees and VHS tapes being replaced by DVDs, a time of stale gumballs and overpriced candy. Yes, that's right. I am talking about the time of Blockbuster Video, the Walmart of the video rental industry, the mom-and-pop video store killer, the corporate big-choice video store that everybody loved to hate. Blockbuster is mostly gone now. Kids today will never know the crazy Friday and Saturday nights with lines wrapped around the store to rent the next big movie. No more will regulars, who are in the know, arrive at 10 a.m. on Tuesdays to snatch up the new rentals that week before the weekend rush. Most of all, no longer will young movie geeks like myself have the memories I, and many others like me, made while working there. You see, under all of the corporate evil and bad practices, Blockbuster was a home, a comfort, a place where I made lifelong friends and even met my wife. It is because of these memories that I, and I'm sure many of you, have that the Talkbuster podcast was created, a place for me and others to share our memories of what once was, of the before time, of the long, long ago. I'm looking forward to see where this goes, how it evolves. Join me, won't you? Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another fun-filled episode of the Talkbuster podcast. As always, I am your host, Chris Chipman, a.k.a. The Chippa. Before I get into my incredibly special guest today, you guys, are it's, it's going to be wild when you find out what, what's going on today. It's a cool one. Um, I'd like to thank my $15 or more a month patrons. They are Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Hugh K. Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin C.V., Mike the Gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, Mark Price, collaborating online, Alex Shawson. Seth Comfort, Seth Deckert, Andrew Krauss, Little Nicky, Robert V. Aldrich, Aaron Moriarty, Carolyn Thompson, Scott R. Curie, and Shore Hansen Gusted. And to my newest patron, Paul Capello, those of you who are fans of the Talkbuster podcast have probably recognized the name Paul Capello. He was on two of the early episodes. He's one of the original people I worked with at my very first Blockbuster in Salem, Mass. He's a great guy, and he has joined the many of you that are willing to help pay me to keep doing my hobby um, because it allows me to have this be a secondary income stream for my family. And so there's even more um, interest in me doing it rather than, you know, oh, I could be up there with my wife and my kids and also working another job and this and that. And you guys are allowing me to not have to do that. So I appreciate it. This episode is brought to you by Skeeter Plays. It's a Let's Play channel that my good friend Steve Brennan, actually one of my very best friends, Steve Brennan, started over on YouTube. Um, you go over there. He plays video games with guests and they just have fun. It's very casual. It's very um, positive and upbeat. And Steve, again, was one of those people I worked with at that original blockbuster as well. He actually went to high school with Paul. So with that. I want to introduce from the future. Um, I am, I am, well, yeah, God, well, it's not the future now, uh, technically. It's the same day, but when we started talking before I started recording, it was Saturday for me and it was Sunday for this gentleman. Um, from the future uh, in Australia, now my furthest away guest I have ever had on this show, and also from the future that I wish the United States of America could be in, where we're not worried about freaking COVID so much. <clears throat> 
Josh, introduce yourself to my fans and to the g'day, internet. Chris, and good day, everybody. So how 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 does it feel before uh, before we start to um to be talking to uh, you know someone from the United States? Have have you ever uh, traveled here? No, I, I've never even been overseas before. <laughs> so That's, I'm 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 you know what you're lucky. Um, <laughs> no, it's it's funny. I've I've always wanted to go to, to Australia as well. But it you know when I was talking to you and we were setting this up and you were like, oh yeah, you know stuff's open back up and you know this and that and I'm like, yeah, our numbers are going up and <laughs> we still technically have a president that doesn't believe that it's a big deal. <laughs> it is quite humorous to um watch on from our perspective. A lot of a lot of Australians um look on and kind of laugh at the chaos that's going on over there, I guess. But yeah, it, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, it's, 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 it's the world. You know, we, you know, I, I do try to keep this show positive, but we can't, can't skirt around it. And I, I love hearing that, you know, perspective from outside because we are, we are an odd place, you know, and and I imagine Australia is probably an odd place too. You know, I, I always love looking at the, the maps online that show you how big places actually are because most of the map manufacturers that are making world maps um, are in the United States. And so they'll do things like, you know, Oh, Australia is actually kind of tiny. And then you like look at it and go, no, Australia is like the size of the continental United States. And you're just kind of like, Oh, all right. (laughs) I've had, I've spoken to people that have traveled from um, England and they're like, Oh, we, we're going to fly into Perth, which is the, Oh, western side of Australia, and they're going to do a day trip to the eastern side. And trip. I was like, um, you you will not be able to do a day trip. It would take you days, maybe, but not a day to drive across Australia. I'm like, it's quite it's quite large. Well, and that that that's the thing. And then you know, England. I I traveled to England for work, and England blew me away because I I literally one day was like with a buddy of mine we were staying in the manchester area which is in the upper middle and we were like you know let's go to london and we got on a train and an hour and a half later we were in london and we it's like we went to we 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 went from one end of this place that literally tried and almost conquered the entire planet at one point and (laughs) and is like you know, from from the United States, like the biggest, most evil place in the world that we as teenagers stomped our feet and walked away from over tea. Um, but <laughs> but anyway, but, you know, I went there and I'm like, this place is tiny. Yeah. <laughs> like it's the size of a couple states. Yeah. <laughs> and it just it really blows me away um, how different the world is. When, when you yeah. actually get out there. And again, I think that's the same for anybody. But, you know, um, it's I, I always try to remind people, you know, we, our history goes back, well, at least the history of the current people living here, you know, not the indigenous people. But, you know, we, we did a good job of, you know, making sure they didn't exist anymore, which is terrible. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we've got three or four hundred years. That's it. Yeah. And, you know, I, and so, and my mother's a history buff, so, you know, and I live on the East Coast right at the birth of all of it, right? So all of our history is the oldest in the country. And then they go to England and I'm like, 
does that say BC on that building? Yeah. <laughs> oh my lordy. Okay. Um, I I don't have a comparison for this. Like yeah. you, you know, and uh, that's really cool to me. It's like I'm pretty sure the Aboriginals of Australia as well. They're like one of the oldest native people to the continent, like the world. Like they go back like sixty thousand years being Jesus. in Australia, and and like you have that church that burnt down in France and it was 800 yeah. years old and people were like, oh, that's such a long time. And and then we've got mining companies over here that have blew up a, an ancient Aboriginal cave. Oh, no. And, and it's thousands upon thousands of years old, and but no one cares about that. But you don't realise, like, like, a church is 800 years. We think that's ancient. But, like, you look at the Aboriginal paintings and everything and they date like tens of thousands of years ago and it, it yeah like you're saying it really it really bottles your mind a little bit on um how how we think something's old but really it, it's not i guess but no it's fascinating and so yeah. and so with that we can talk about something that's a lot older for me than it is for you um <laughs> So, uh, Josh, you know, we, we were talking before and, you know, I, I'm excited to talk to you and I'm excited to talk to the people that, you know, but for those of you that are, um, longtime fans of this show and have, you know, heard my journey with Sandy Harding and the folks at the last blockbuster in the world. Now there was a time where they weren't the last blockbuster in the world and weren't even the last blockbuster in America, but they didn't know that blockbuster was alive and well in Australia. So, um, <laughs> Josh, give, give me a little bit of background about, you know, the last few years of life that you witnessed of Blockbuster. Like, So probably oh, two years ago, we the last Blockbuster in my little city in Toowoomba, Australia, it, it shut down. That was the last one of five. So there was five in this city of 150,000. So wow. We, are, are you Eastern or Western or are you in the middle? Uh, I'm Eastern. So, I was about to say that. Wait a minute, I'm I'm being dumb. There's not much in the middle. Is that right. is that there, it's, there is, but there's not much in the middle. You're yeah. correct. Yeah. <laughs> but no, so we we still had a, a few like yeah. You know, um, there was a few down in Brisbane, in Australia here, and and there was three in um, Toowoomba in Australia, which is only uh, two hours away from Brisbane. So we had a few, and we had a, a different. Um, uh, video stores as well called Civic and Video Easy, but those ones had disappeared a long time ago. And Blockbuster was pretty much the last one left, still running. Um, but yeah, there's it was, yeah, it was a sad time when when the last one did shut, and we thought it was the last one in Australia. But there was still one more in um, Perth, West Western Australia, and but that one followed suit three weeks later to um shut down which is well, and that was about two years ago right yeah that was two years nearly two years ago january next year so it hasn't hasn't been as long as uh you guys over there where they mass shut down in what 2010 was it I yeah think? 2010 11 is when the corporate yeah. finally uh finally waved goodbye and they they officially um got rid of all the corporate stores by in the corporation by 2014 because that's when it sold over right. to, to dish network yes and yep. um and but but there were franchises and that that's that's the thing and it, it's like you said you think it's the last one you know 
the coastal stores drop down first, but yep. the mid the Midwest and then you know upper like or places with less good internet, the franchises stuck around because corporate right. corp corporate the the thing with Blockbuster and I didn't really know this, it, you know. And I, I talked to someone from Family Video recently, and I don't know if you've ever heard of Family I, Video. I actually really like Family Video. I follow oh. them on Facebook. Oh, awesome! And and yeah. so and so whether before or after this one, depending on how my release schedule goes. But they they told me something interesting. They said, you know, why why was there 500 Family Video stores still around a year ago? And they said the biggest reason is their overhead was never what Blockbusters was. I said, well, what do you mean? And they go, our bottom line is different because Blockbuster went for quantity. They went and said, okay, we're just going to take over and we're going to be in as many places as possible. But they did it by doing like lease agreements with new strip malls and stuff that were being built. So they never owned their property. Family Video, they said 90% of the stores that they had were paid off and owned. So they oh, said yeah, we we didn't have to worry about making rent. So they said when when something like a pandemic hits, all we have to worry about is making enough money to pay our employees and keep the lights on. Yeah, they said is- so it's it's a lot better of a position. So when Blockbuster around like 2009, 2010 was on their nosedive, he said Family Video doubled down. To, to make sure we kept that customer base coming. So we invested a lot of money in, you know, advertisement and in, you know, fun things and fun deals. And they said, that's when we, you know, kind of moved the um, idea of the company into, you know, don't worry about if someone has a late fee, don't worry about if someone can't afford to rent the movie, get them product by whatever means necessary. So if yep. it means giving a kid that only has a buck and a quarter, that PlayStation rental game, you know, for a buck and a quarter, do it. You know what I mean? Because they'll come back and it's like, that's awesome. You yeah. know? And then, and, then you got them hooked a little bit to come back next time. Exactly. And, 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 and I know individual stores at Blockbuster, at least around here, I always liked that, you know, people have this negative look because it was a corporate capitalist company that made a lot of bad decisions and, you know, maybe not have had the best business practices in the world, but their stores, because a lot of them were taking up the position in a community where a mom and pop like niche video store was a lot of their employees loved the product. You weren't like, you weren't like just working at a McDonald's flipping burgers and you know, how can you really love that job? I mean, it's a job, it's a good job, but it's not like, you know, you stay up at night thinking about how much you love, you know, making a cheeseburger. It's different because the product is changing and it's something that you might like or be interested in. And I think they forgot about that a little bit in the way that they tried to run the stores, but the stores themselves created that world within them with the customers and with people. Now, something I I don't know, and you can probably clue me in on this. Does, um, how long, like, you know, film release, I know is not the same time in Australia as it is here in America because America kind of controls the market. I, I get that. But is, is that, the same when things come out on like dvd um do you guys have to wait longer or i 
I've never compared the two between like when you guys, when America, for example, gets a movie released to us, but we always seem to seem to get them pretty. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. From what I gather, though. (laughs) No, that that that's awesome. It's just it's always it's always fascinating to hear, you know, because that's one of the topics out there right now, right? And you know, and and this this pandemic has messed with film releases, and you know. Warner Brothers just decided that they're putting their entire 2021 slate on on demand in theaters on the same day. And that's, you know, for parts of the world like like you guys that are doing well with this, that's fine. You know what I mean? It's It's like, yeah, yeah, of course you want to give people the option. It's funny that you uh, mentioned that because I just one of the fellows I work with was saying just the other day is like because Netflix for us, for example, over here is is. The, the movie release on that is very poor. Like, it is, yeah. it's, it's very, very slow. I don't know. All we know is that the American Netflix is a lot better than ours. But it he, is. He was saying that, he's like, he goes, oh, I, I really miss the video store. And I was like, I haven't heard someone say that for a while. And they're like, yeah, I, he's like, we don't get, it takes so long to get a movie on Netflix. He's like, I'd prefer to go to the video store again. And I was like, here we go. <laughs> And that's, and that's what I mean, you know, uh, like, of course, with a situation like we're dealing with right now, you want to make stuff as easily available to people as possible. So I, I'm terrified to go in a movie theater right now, but it's my favorite thing to do. So I don't want them, I don't want them to go away. Like, I just want to have the option to see a movie I want to see at home if I want to, um, But that's a double-edged sword because it sets a really bad precedent. And it's the kind of precedent that's similar to, you know, the types of things that took Blockbuster down. It's like when when convenience overtakes the experience fully. Like Blockbuster had a thing for a while, you know, they worked for Viacom, you know, and, and things like yeah. that. They gig, where they could say, you know, we have it before you can get it somewhere else. Yeah. And That was the whole point of a movie theater. A movie theater is not going to succeed if they have the same thing that you can get at home on the same day. Um, And the problem problem that we've got now as well is we've got so many streaming services these days. Like it, it it would cost hundreds of dollars when we have Amazon Prime and you get a yep. movie that goes on there, it's strictly released to that. And then you've got Netflix and we have another one called Stan. And you start getting all these different streaming services with their own movie stuck to their service. You can't, no one's going to have 10 different services paying 15 to $20 a month just so they can watch some movies here and there. It, yeah, I, I, I just noticed, thought of that the other day where it's just seems to be getting flooded now with different um, streaming services and it really would be the, blockbuster experience of just walking in and every movie that pretty much has ever been made is just at your hands and you don't have to pay to access it or you've got to hire it obviously but you're not paying multiple times or things it would be the perfect opportunity for one of those streaming services to to pop a brick and mortar store in like five major cities, you know yeah. they don't have to. They, they'll never be able to be as big as they were before. But no. you know, but if they did it 
and kind of said, okay, for your subscription to my service, you walk in and, you know, have basically a movie pass. So you yep. rent something and it's free. You know what yep. I mean? Or or you rent something and get another one free if you pay for it. You know, whatever it is, they would make money hand over fist right now, especially if they opened it in the United States right around the time our the vaccine comes out. Because yeah. that's, that's, you know, for us, that's the only thing that's going to... And again, we have so many... Um, perfectly normal and fine people that think vaccines are bad yeah. um that uh <laughs> that are gonna make that really really hard too um oh god <laughs> but uh you know <laughs> it's 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 really interesting just and, and it, what, what i love is that you know you're you're on the other side of the planet and it sounds like your experience is very similar to the one we had and and that one is a testament to blockbuster and how homogenous they were about their stores but also we all kind of want to be entertained that way you know yeah and like we me and my partner used to go every monday and wednesday i think a friday through the week and it was just the experience and the and i made my best mate one of my best mates john he's a manager there and he's a fellow that i was telling you i was trying to get him to get on to you about doing a, a um, podcast with you because he's worked at, I think, like three or four so cool. blockbusters. And so he, he, he was around for a while managing and he was the manager of the, the third last one in Australia or the, or the fourth one in the world. So, yeah, he, it, was just, it was just a good time and seeing all your, you just made friends with the people. They kind of, of became your family. As you would have found out working yourself at Blockbuster, you just, but they become your family against the customers. They do. No, and you look out for them. You know, you, you get those people, and it's like, oh man, you know, when you start recognizing a person and you can go, I think you'd really like this, that's something. And, and again, I, I hate to say it because I love the technology. I love, I, I think a, a good combination of the two is really important. Like, I like yeah. the ability to, like, at, at, you know, 11 o'clock at night to just throw on something I know that I love. But I don't feel Netflix and streaming is as good for finding something new and taking a chance on something. Correct. And and Blockbuster had that. It was a commitment, number one. So if you took it home, you were probably going to finish it. Whereas yep. with Netflix, you're never really going to experience something you're not going to have as much of an opportunity to experience something that you might not have been interested in because if you start it and you get five minutes in and it's not grabbing you, you just go on to the next thing. Yep. Yeah. And, and the, and on the experiencing as well, like there was, it was just, it was special because you had to, when you went to Blockbuster, you, you would make a thing out of it. Like you would, you'd get dinner, you'd go yes. get your movies, you'd get your, your snacks and you'd go home and you'd have your pizza and put in the movie and start watching it. Whereas now it's so easily accessible. You just, it, 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 I don't know. It's just not as special as it used to be when you sit down and just watch a movie. And like you're saying with Netflix, if you don't like it, you just close it and open another movie up. It doesn't, there's no real commitment to it. Right, and, and exactly. And so there's something about that exchanging of a physical good that, like, you know, 
okay, yeah, you, 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 if you have a planned movie night with your friend, with, with your mate, or, you know, with your girlfriend or boyfriend, you know, whatever it is, your partner, and you, it's planned, then at least it can be one person is going, ooh, I think you'd really like this, or I think we'd really like this. So there's still a commitment there, but it's still not the same as you physically grabbing something and going, I'm going to pay like three or four bucks for this, and <laughs> I just can't swap it for something else at, at an instant. And and I know that that's circumstantial. That's not, you know, like the design. That's just because that's how the the, the transaction worked. But that's part of the experience. The movie doesn't begin and end with the production of the film. It yep. doesn't begin and end with just the picture and the sound, even though that's the product. That experience, a video rental cannot compete the same way as a theatrical experience, but they're similar. And the home viewing experience can't compete with either of the two of those in the exact same way. You're still watching the same product. Yeah, but it's very different. It's almost like the, the equation of, um, you know, you could take the same ingredients and make yourself a sandwich. And for some reason, it will never taste as good as if someone else makes it for you. <laughs> yeah, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's no, something about the it's something about that that disconnection. And, and that's the same way here. It's the the time it takes for you to look at the box, to read about it. And I'm thinking back to, you know, before we all had computers in our pocket, you don't get to google and find out if it's got a good rotten tomatoes rating and you're standing in the middle of the store you (laughs) might have an employee that you could ask that might tell you if they thought it was good or bad you know but that's about it um so it's a very different experience now um when when you first encountered blockbuster do you remember around how old you were uh it would have been i i moved when i was younger from the Sunshine Coast, which is three and a half hours away from Toowoomba. And we didn't have Blockbuster down there. It was called Video Easy. Okay. I've actually heard that name, strangely. (laughs) Well, Video Easy, uh, I'm not 100%, but I'm pretty sure the Video Easy Corporation owned Blockbuster. And so they had their, like, Blockbuster was probably more dominant in, like, Brisbane, and obviously Toowoomba, where I'm from, but I think like a video easy that had already been established before Blockbuster had a got here or something, they just left it as a video easy. So, but when when I first seen a Blockbuster, probably would have been 2010 when I moved up to Toowoomba. Wow! And so, so the, and that was the end of my like literally the yeah. end of my relationship with the company working there was a year prior, and yep. they were gone the next year. That's yep. so, so nuts. And then 2010 was when I first seen it, and would I'd go there nearly every week. Um, but and at that time there was still like there would have been all five still operating here, just in in Toowoomba alone. And there's um there would have definitely been a lot more still operating down the whole in Australia for sure. Now. Do you have a, like a memory of how busy they were? Um, the the one that I used to go to was very quiet, incredibly okay. quiet. But Friday night used to be a little bit busy. But the um, it's funny because the owner of the franchise in Toowoomba here, 
he used to tell me of the the last one here that closed when it was busy it was full on he said back in back in the early 2000s he said he would have three or four registers going and there'd be lines of people and he said it was just incre- it was incredible at the amount of people that used to come and then towards the end there with the last one here they closed and there'd only be like a handful of people there at a time and a lot of people as well also because America's blockbuster had closed thought that all of the blockbusters had closed a lot of people weren't even aware that living here that we still had it like people in this in our city didn't even know there was still a blockbuster here and <laughs> it was it was just of funny. course of course yeah so it was when when the blockbusters were closing down a lot of people were surprised and they're like oh damn it we didn't know there was still one there if we had a if we had a known we would have been going and so it was a little bit sad that so many people misunderstood that they were still actually open but yeah and no one no one was going i reckon i reckon he honestly could have probably survived a little bit longer if he maybe had have done a bit more advertising yeah but it, it becomes a bit of a difficult spot with your your income and then you've got to advertise and he was still paying um, franchise fees as well and yeah he he told me it was difficult but when he did do a little advertising he used to get a bit of an influx but it was only um very limited advertising wasn't anything too too much it was just the old pamphlet in the mailbox of course of course but it yeah he said it used to be busy, but most of them were getting quiet by the time that I I ever experienced Blockbuster up here. It's still amazing that that it, you know, it stuck around for almost another ten years. Yeah, you know correct. that that's wild because because you know when I when I worked there, I started in two thousand one, and I worked there until two thousand eight, and I was a store manager in at like eighteen, which yep. was hilarious. Um, to 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 uh, and I loved it, but it's just I look back on that and go, they gave me keys to this store, and like I just, I it, it still boggles my mind. But um, when I worked there, there were nine thousand stores in the that, United States. That is, I um, it's funny that you mentioned that because with when I started to get this hinkling that the one my local blockbuster at the time was closing. I started to do a, a lot of research into why, like what happened to this massive corporation. Like, and I, I found out they had nine thousand stores that they were they were put like they were getting a new store. They were getting like three new stores in twenty every twenty four hours or something. And right. I was like, this is incredible. Like, how does it go from being this juggernaut to now we got a dwindling little video store here and. America's completely gone, and I was yeah. It, it bottles my mind that it went from nine thousand stores and fifty or sixty thousand employees down to, well, now we've only got Bend, Oregon, and their handful of employees. So, it it just yeah. It, and, it's and and you know sad. what's and you know what's nuts. You know, going back to because because I I always like asking people that have a more recent experience with Blockbuster. You know how busy they they witnessed the store being because it was really insane in in 2002 2003 we could have four people on register 
Correct. on a Friday night. And the line of customers would be wrapping around through the aisles. That That is exactly what um, Kirk, and, the owner of the And it didn't stop. It didn't stop. It would be that way from like 6 at night till we closed. Yep. Yeah, he would tell me he had exact same thing, four people serving. He would have like two people out in the aisles helping yep. customers out. And I was like, like it just it was insane to think that there was that many people there at one time. And towards the end there, you only had like two people in the store like um, uh, working it. And there would only be like half a dozen people or customers there as well. And then when he tells his stories about that, you're like, I can't. Like, it's it's hard to imagine that that many people would be there. But when when they did close down, had their closing down sale, it was um, a lot of people did end up coming and snapping up a good bargain. But it made you look at it and you're like, look, this is what it used to look like back in the early two thousands with this many people, and and it was like it was the energy and everything was you could just feel it that um with everybody there and it makes you wonder like back in the early 2000s how good it would have been and the energy back then yeah i know it's it it's crazy and it's just it's cool to be and that's kind of why i like doing the show is being able to pass on that knowledge and you're you're filling in a gap that i just don't have because like most people that were working in blockbusters in the united states after 2010 you know, weren't there for long, <laughs> you know, they, they don't, they don't have much of a story to tell, um, except for, you know, in Alaska and Bend, Oregon. And I, I love the story of the Bend, Oregon one. And I can't wait for you to see, you, you seem so interested in, in the story of the company and the documentary does such a good job of, you know, explaining, right. you know, what actually went down. You know, and it's not just the Netflix thing and all those other things. It was, you know, there was a lot more going on. Um, yeah. But it also, it's really cool to see, like, I've I've had a, a guy named Dave Carrera on this show. Now, I don't know how um, Australia was handling it because that's a whole different, you know, you know, like you said, a lot, most of those or maybe all of them were all franchised stores because Blockbuster Corporate, I don't think, went that far i don't know but the the point of sale systems and everything that they were using in 1999 are the same ones that the bend oregon store are still using i did i did see that because i follow the um bend oregon store yes yes on facebook and um I, i have seen that video they've still got the original operating computers from the nineties. And I was like, that is actually incredible. <laughs> like, <laughs> and cause, cause what happened is when they closed all the corporate stores, the ones that were left started buying up all the old, cause they were getting rid of it all. So they yep. just bought it all and they put it in storage. Sa- Sandy was telling me that one of the other stores, uh, one of the other franchise blockbusters that they had to close in the area is just now a storage building for all these computers and everything. And this, I had this guy named Dave Carrera on, who was Blockbuster Corporate IT, who then when Blockbuster closed in in 2011 to 2014, went off on his own and started an IT consulting company. And now he's been hired by Sandy and he's the IT guy for the last Blockbuster <laughs> in the world. You know what I mean? It's a bit of a roundabout, just right. left and then he's come back to it. 
and he sent me a message um, on Facebook about you know three or four months ago, and he said he goes, dude, he goes, let me show send you a picture, and he sends me a picture of a printed out blockbuster scan tag, yep. you know, with like the you know three three two five oh whatever you know the long number on it, and and I go, dude, does that say what I think it says? He goes, yeah. He goes, I just made the scan tags for the documentary about the last blockbuster in the world to be rented. <laughs> In the last blockbuster in the world, and one of them is a code for a VHS tape. How wild is that? that is and cool. I went, all right, that's cool, man. <laughs> well, it's funny that you're talking about, like, um, when I when that last blockbuster here was shutting, the owner Kirk he was giving me, I'd walk in there and he'd just hand me random things, and I was yes. like, what? Why do I want this? Like, he'd give he he gave me the big. Um, the big sign with all the pricing on it for, for oh, so cool! Like, and I was thinking, I'm like, because I like I put the photo up in Facebook on that um, the blockbuster page that yep I follow, and that's how we got in touch. And I put the photo up of my room that I've done here, and I just started collecting all these things. I've got gift cards. I've got um, uh, membership cards. He 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 gave me the the little um unlocking magnet thing so we did unlock your dvds yes oh out. so cool he, he gave me just everything i was even at the point of getting the big yellow ticket off the last one here as well but um i don't know what happened to that it was he was meant to give me a call when he was taken off the store but he um didn't but that's all right so yeah, he he ended up just giving me heaps of stuff, and um, it was funny because him and his wife come around one day to drop something off, oh, an open sign that I got from him, and um, he come around and seen what I'd done, and his wife actually started to cry, of and she's like, it, she's like, it's so sad because they they had owned um, seven at the highest time, and she's like, it's so sad that we've gone from owning seven to now nothing. And this is it in this little room. And I was like, oh, that is quite sad. And she said, oh, but I'm also happy that you've kind of made like this little shrine out yeah. of uh, out of it all. And so she was happy but sad all at the same time. But <laughs> it was it was good. That's wonderful. Oh, that, that and that, and again, that's that's what this is all about, right? This was an, this was an experience, and if it means something to somebody. That's all that that's all that really matters. You know, I, I heard somebody say, you know, oh, everybody thinks physical media is, you know, terrible these days and, you know, doesn't want it. And it's like, but you know what? Those plastic cases there might be meaningless to you, but those are mine. Yeah, correct. You know what I mean? The thing online that I like log into, yeah, I, I bought it, but I don't really own it. Like if the production company decides they don't want to sell that anymore, they can make it disappear, you know, and that's scary to me. Like, I don't like that. <laughs> I like to bring up, um, like, vinyl records. They, yep. I don't know about in America, but they're, they're on their a little bit of a comeback here. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And so I sit there and go, will, will DVDs do a comeback? And, and Blu-rays, like, will they make a comeback? May, not. It's not going to be, obviously, tomorrow or next week but maybe oh they're not gone either but 
like that physical media that what if you think about it you don't why would we need a record when you have youtube and spotify and everything but people still go out and buy records for for their own reason it's just a niche little market i guess but i i definitely don't think physical media will disappear completely i couldn't imagine it and like you were saying when you your DVD or like your online um, purchase disappeared. I also had a friend who had the same thing. He bought something on the PlayStation store and Sony lost the rights to that movie. And so his actual purchase disappeared, even though he had purchased it. So he yep. said, he's, I'm never going to purchase a digital movie ever again. He wasn't upset. It wasn't his favorite movie, but it was just the principle that he had paid for it. And then because someone else had lost the rights to it, he also lost it. So, yeah. And that's that's why I like, still like the physical concept of owning a DVD and a Blu-ray. Yeah, I, I always, no matter what, I, I, like, I like having the digital versions because it's just easier. You know what I mean? But I never only, like I always buy the combo that comes with the digital version. So I can load them all on my TV and that way my kids want to watch something cool. Click it, turn it on. You know, I don't have to go and physically find the thing and put it in the Blu-ray player, but if that ever goes away, I still have the movie. That's great. You know, that's... And, and Australia's internet here isn't the flashest. It's not the best, but it, um, so like, um, 4k movies, when we stream it on Netflix, it's not true 4k. So you, it, it's just better if you if you're after quality. I of personally course. just buy I just buy the 4K movie itself, the hard physical copy, because um, our internet is pre- it's all right. It's just on the average side, but there's moments there where it plays up, and you're like, I just wish I had a physical copy, and you wouldn't have this issue. <laughs> now, do you? You you obviously had a good relationship with the people in the stores and, you know, have a lot of yep. love for the stores. And that's I, I love talking to people about that. Do, do, do you remember the last thing you bought or rented from a blockbuster? I, I, I can't remember what the last thing I rented was. I was the last customer to rent from the store here. Awesome. I, I, I went in that night and I. I took a big photo of the store because they were going to st- – because I knew before every uh, before the public knew that they were going to close because I was so close to everybody there and they they pulled me up and like, we're actually going to be closing down. And I, I said – I was like, you're kidding. You're, you're, you're joking with me. And he's like, no, we, we are. And I was like, wow. So I went in on the last night that you could rent before they announced that they were shutting and rented a movie. I can't remember what it was. And then um, just took a photo and everything before it started getting stripped apart and everything right. getting sold. But yeah, I, and the last thing I bought would have just been stacks of Blu-rays. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> I, I, just, I just got first pick, luckily enough, thanks to the employees. So I just, just made up big, big stacks of um, movies and got in first which was nice <laughs> that's so cool i it's just so so it, it, i i love i love this the fact that this company as silly as you know 
half the people that hear about it, you know, now that never really got to experience go, well, why would you want to do that? How silly is that? Literally we're, we're uniting people based on this experience. That isn't something, you know, I, 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 I can't wait for you to watch this movie because it's like, you know, my father would show me, you know, like documentaries about the Beatles, you know, and stuff like that. And that's something that, you know, the music is great. I hear this. This is awesome. But I never experienced the Beatles existing in my lifetime. Right. But he did. You know what I mean? And that seemed so long ago. And I never thought in a million years at 17, you know, Hawking video rentals, one, that it would ever be gone. It just didn't seem like something that would ever disappear. It seemed like a necessity, like a grocery store, you know, with yep. how busy it was. And two, that someone would have made a documentary about that experience. Yeah. It's so wild to it, sit there and watch it and go, wait a minute, I'm not old enough to have something this nostalgic about something <laughs> I did, you know? It's funny that you, you said I had the same mindset as you with the – I never thought it would be gone because we had so many. I was like, oh, okay, this one's going to close. That's all right. I'll just go to the next one. But then I started to realize, I'm like, oh, hang on. There, there isn't actually going to be a next one like this. We've only got two left or three left. And, and then that's when I started to really uh, start collecting things and signs and all that, all that stuff. And it started to really kick in. And then... We, um when we had the last one here i was it started to really hit like it was just a matter of when it was going to close <laughs> and um yeah. yeah but it 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 really is something special now um you know to, to paint a picture for me because you, you sent me a photo earlier today because it was snowing here and you <laughs> you, you said you've never <laughs> seen snow which no. is 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 an amazing concept to me um because just because it's you know it, it's just something you don't think about it is so damn common here that yep. it i just don't think of it but of course but um you know there's a ton of things in australia you've got that i've never seen before but uh oh you're out sorry no 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 am i still here yeah you're there okay what i was gonna say is you know what like where I, and again, uh, like, what's like, where did they put blockbusters in Australia? Well, you know, you said you live in a place with like 150,000 people. So that's a big yep. number. Yep. Um, but again, Australia is also, I, I know a lot more like, you know, places like Nova Scotia and Canada, where it's everybody's kind of on the coast and in the center, you know, one, it's, it's hard to live there. And two, they don't want to put people there because they want to keep it nice. And so there's, yeah. there's a double, double-edged sword there, but you know, where did the blockbusters normally crop up? Were they like singular like buildings or did they have, you know, like a pizza place and a, you know, um, hair, hair stylist with them or, you know, most, the ones in Toowoomba here were usually located beside a Domino's. So it was very, ah, ding, very, ding, ding of um kirk the owner of the franchise to put him there so yeah most uh, nearly all of them were beside a, a um dominoes in some sort and then the other one that was here was just beside a, a little shopping center thing that was just but it was its own individual building as well um and then the few i've seen in brisbane they were also like either beside a 
a um, Domino's or again a shopping center somewhere with high Say, same as here same as here then yeah okay that it's just always because you know I I go into you, you know have visited people in more rural parts of the United States and you look around and you know there's these shopping centers and stuff that crop up in the middle of nowhere and you see yeah. an old blockbuster sign and you just kind of go okay yeah oh that's but where I am everything is corporate. You, you know, the, you, we, I'm, I'm in a city now, again, I'm also in a city that has, you know, really nice forests and stuff around it too. And I live on a pond and, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing great, but it's hard to kind of drive more than a mile without finding another place like where a blockbuster would be. You know, yeah. I, I, I live in Lynn two miles away is Salem. Both of those cities had a blockbuster Swampskit is next door to there that had a blockbuster. There was literally a blockbuster or two in every city on the entire coast of this state you know yeah. the, it, it was nuts we um, had a few down like the east coast a little bit but like you're saying with that video easy and stuff as well they they owned blockbuster as well so video easy and blockbuster w- weren't quite the same but they were the same pretty much company as well now i have you mentioned Domino's, and that 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 always amazes me because I hear that a lot from places where Blockbuster survived longer. Yeah. Because here, one of the um, Blockbuster thoughts when when it became like 2007, 2008, and the numbers started dropping, they were talking about, okay, we're going to consolidate the stores, you know, and we're going to like cut a quarter of the store away and like put in a Pizza Hut or put in a Domino's or put in a Radio Shack, you know, and kind of go in cahoots with those companies, you know, to kind of make it be you know upsells you know and other other ways to get in there and so it's always interesting to hear the ones that survived longer seem to kind of already have that in mind of like having you know but is domino's a um a more recent thing in australia than than it is here like what's domino's because we domino's is you know the they were the delivery pizza place before any pizza place really did delivery you know, it was like it was one of those things that Domino's were just the one that like you can't go in and sit in a Domino's here and eat a pizza. Is is it kind of the same way there? Yeah, that that you can't yeah, you can't go in and sit and eat, but um you there could be little chairs out the front or something to yep. sit down, but it's not it's not a restaurant like Pizza Hut. We we have well, uh, neither is Pizza Hut here anymore either. Pizza Hut oh, really? became just yeah, pizza Pizza Hut had a so in the in the nineties and early two thousands, Pizza Hut was was a legit you know restaurant with waiter service and the salad bar and all that great stuff. And Pizza Hut around right around the same time Blockbuster started going down. Actually, I don't think it's related, but it's the same thing. Pizza Hut rebranded themselves. They closed all the locations and opened themselves up as takeout only shops. Well, it's funny that you're talking about Pizza Hut now. Um, that. We actually in Toowoomba here, we seem to be about fifteen years behind everybody. But anyway, we I love we, that <laughs> we still have a all you can eat Pizza Hut here. Um, oh, we, cool! And and I'm pretty sure that it is like the second or third last in Australia to have an all you can eat Pizza Hut. So it's pretty cool as well. That we still have something like that as well. Because we just encountered. Did... Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, you're. Right. I was going to say. Did you ever have? You had Sizzler in America. Is that just a 
We Sizz, Sizzler is a thing that's been here. It's I, I I believe it never made its way up here. I think Sizzler is a South and Midwest thing. Yeah, here no, that's right. I, I wasn't sure if it was an American um, thing or is it an Australian thing, but we just lost. That was that just shut down. Um, oh, three, that sucks. three weeks ago, and that was purely probably because of COVID, because yeah. of the whole we can eat type of thing. COVID really hammered that, but. Yeah, no, I think the all-you-can-eat type of buffet thing is uh, a bit on the blockbuster path as well. Yes, it is. Eat. It is. And and we used to have, I mean, that those were rampant around. I mean, oh. the, the sub, <laughs> I mean, it, there there's there's a stereo there a stereotypical southern thing and you know i'm i'm sure you know we we have our own you know stereotypes about the united states here in the united states and i imagine those are only amplified throughout the rest of the world but the southern to midwestern united states loves their all you can eat buffets but yep. they used to be rampant up here too like you and and pizza hut you know the pizza huts we had were all you can eat you know and and I know I've seen two that are still restaurants in my in my life, and they look like relics because they haven't updated them. Yeah. Um, there's one in New Hampshire, which is the state just north of me. And New Hampshire, we like to joke, is, you know, what if you took, like, the worst part of the South and Midwest and just stuck it, um, you know, in the Northeast for some reason. But they're a swing state again, which is good. They jump both ways. But uh, yeah. it's very... Um, very i mean when your state's tagline is live free or die you know that there's a little bit of a uh, <laughs> a little bit of a um double standard going on there we'll just say but uh, um but they still have a pizza hut that i've been to that's a restaurant and then the south definitely has a few of them but um you know it yeah covid's going to change the it's going to change that whole landscape you know the the idea of anything communal and you know just kind of and and i hate to say the word dirty because it it's not but like anything that's kind of like loose and just kind of everyone's on top of each other and you know it, it yeah there there's there's fun to that you know there's there's a fun aspect to that and this is completely crapped cool. on all of that it's turning it's it's gonna make everybody you know you know really like um if, if you didn't have aversions to crowds like social anxiety or xenophobia or anything else this this is going to amplify those things big time i i truly take my hat off to um bend oregon though doing still managing to survive now during covid with the last yeah. lockdown. so like i <laughs> i don't think there's anything that's ever going to take that story out it it just keeps surviving and you would have thought that COVID would have been the nail in the coffin for it, but it, it's still, still it's, keeps along. <laughs> as someone in the know who talks to them, it sounded like it was going to be for a short period of time. They they managed to make it through, and it 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 it's a testament to the things you said. What people don't realize, and I and I try to reiterate this anytime it comes up, is everything they rent and sell, and you know whether it's memorabilia or a movie they 100 percent profit off of that there yeah. is no corporation other than the franchise fee to the dish network which you know is from what i've heard the dish network is being very nice to them from from what it's i've good. heard you know um but outside of that you know th 
they everything they sell those pants hats shirts they're all made by local companies in bend and yep. a lot of and a lot of the work is donated the beanies the like christmas uh, wintertime beanie i didn't know this until i got one and saw in the thing that sandy makes them herself oh jeez <laughs> every single goddamn one of them do you know yeah. what i mean like yep. that's and so that that that's really how they've survived is you know they they pushed really hard the online sales yeah um and that you know and that's why they did you probably heard about the the airbnb thing i did i did say and, that and that's and they literally did that you know people were like oh you know the last blockbuster is closing and becoming an airbnb goodbye blockbuster and it's like no no no, no. they turned it into an airbnb for a weekend and only made it available to locals because they didn't want it to be a COVID problem as a thank you to the local residents. They wanted to give them something fun to do at yep. the store. And yeah, that was literally that was it. So cool. <laughs> yeah. And they made it the rental price from like 1992. So it was like a, a buck 99 to stay the night at the headband or something. That, like that. that innovation though, from, from Sandy to, to just keep adapting to, the needs of like everything changes what people want and need and her innovation just keep keep finding something new to give and not just give up is um it's very impressive to see and like doing that airbnb um in the blockbuster store no i would never have thought of something like that but it's such a brilliant idea as well it really is and they they had it you know like roped off with the uh you know, the like Q line, like the like velvet, <laughs> red velvet. And so what was cool about it is they had it set up while the store was open during the day for like a week or two before it happened. So it became like, a, you know, walk in the store and see, well, what's going on? Oh, you know, people are going to sleep here tonight. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah. People are going <laughs> to sleep here and watch movies. It's like, oh, all right. And, and, she, so did, and they she, have, did they have full access to the whole store and everything? Yeah. Yeah, yep. they they it's literally they, they set up they set up video game systems and a and a VCR and a Blu-ray player and a t- TV and you know couches and beds and just places to chill and she literally said when people showed up I handed them the keys and like made a big thing out of it and said go on in you know and and, ha- and the store is yours for the night and that's literally how it went. That's incredible. I love yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they've, they've done, they've done comedy shows there. They, uh, she, she, and before COVID, you know, hosted a yearly dinner to like, thank all the families of all the employees that work there and have worked there. And it just, it's such a, it's such a good success story. And the fact that it was a franchise and so like hearing from the Tishers who, you know, like, like your, your friend in Australia who owned like six stores and they, they said, you know, it's it's like poetic justice, but they didn't do this intentionally, but they left the Pacific video sign on the door the whole yeah. time. So it said, you know, um, Blockbuster Video owned and operated by Pacific Video. And now they're like, look at that. Blockbuster is gone, but Pacific Video, which had to give themselves up to Blockbuster, is still here. And I think that's <laughs> such a cool story. It you is. Know. That is... <laughs> The irony but, in that, but it's 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 amazing how much of the experience still for 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 you folks, you know, a world away, um, yeah. was so similar because you never know. I mean, things aren't always the same. I mean, I, I remember in my lifetime, 
the first um, McDonald's opened in Japan, I think it was, or and and they treated it like a five star restaurant. You know, it was like three levels and had wait staff, you know, and all this. And it's like because they that was just a foreign idea, that type of food, you know, they treated it like, you know, it was the second coming. And so you, you never know with something like this, you know, are the needs and wants of the Australian public the same as the United States? And, yep. you know, it, it's it's just interesting. Um, and and I, I really hope. I really do hope that somebody somewhere can reintegrate something like this into the, the, the everyday world. Um, because there's experiences that are great for a customer, which blockbuster and video rental was, was the whole point of it was, it was supposed to be good for the customer and move movie theaters are the same way. You know, I don't know if they're doing this in Australia, but here before COVID they were adapting back into it being a luxury experience more than a fit as many seats as you can in here and get as many butts in the seats. You know, the reclining chairs, the premium tickets, the alcohol and food service, you know, all that was, we were doing here to try to get people to show up and be willing to pay, you know, $20 to see a movie instead of 10, you know, or or whatever it was. Um, But we had a theater here that was a trial run for that. Um, It was an AMC theater. There were only two in the world and one was in Framingham, Massachusetts. And the other one was in Los Angeles and it was called the AMC premium. And it became AMC's, um, you know, it was the trial run for when they went full bore into, you know, the sit and eat theater. But the difference is it was an experience that was equally great for the customer as it was for the employee. I went to this premium with my buddy, the the guy actually who I mentioned before is is in the hospital and sick right now. And we, we went, you know, all the time. And what was cool about it is it was 21 plus. They, it was one theater with a separate entrance from the rest of the building. It was set up to kind of have a more contemporary, like adult kind of feel. It was a full restaurant with a bar. The food was made fresh. They had like a, you know, a chef on hand who like made everything fresh. The bartenders like would make custom, like themed to the movie. They were showing drinks. It was just a fun experience. Everybody knew your name when you walked in. And you could, and they showed any movie. So it was 21 plus, but they'd show a Pixar movie. You know, they didn't yep. care. And, and popcorn and soda were free because you were paying like $20 for the ticket. So they gave you like these other perks to get in and they eventually closed it and they invited oh. like all their regulars because they closed it because they were going to renovate and roll out the, you know, now we're going to do all 20 of our theaters in this building this way. You know, it was like the trial run. And the problem is when they changed it, you know, they kept a lot of the employees and they had like a night where a bunch of us went and like, I have two of the Tempur-Pedic chairs in my basement from this oh, theater, you know, like they just let people take everything, you know, um, kind of like you with the blockbuster stuff, right? It's, it, yep. and, I, and I have the gumball machine from my blockbuster, yep, which I, sorry. which I, which I bought five <laughs> years after having worked there. My brother was like, they're closing it. We're getting you that damn gumball machine, <laughs> you know? And so that's what we did. And it's the original one. It's got the, it's, it's it, the, the keys don't work. It's held together yeah. with security strips and it, it's hilarious. <laughs> and, um, 
Uh, but this theater, you know, a lot of the people stayed on and, you know, my buddy and I were talking to them and they said, it's miserable now. And they, we, you loved your job. What happened? And they go, they kept the experience great for the customer. If you go as a customer, you're going to have a great time. They said, but the hierarchy of how it works in the background, they said, it's all, it's all frozen, throw it in a deep fryer, like McDonald's type stuff. We have to like walk down a creepy hallway to bring you your food. We're not really allowed to make anything custom or interact. You know, it's very corporate and capitalist. And they said they ruined it. You know, and it's it's the end user isn't going to care. But they said the experience isn't a two-way street anymore. Like, I don't care about my job anymore. And that was really sad to hear, you know. I don't know much about Blockbuster, what happened behind the scenes. But do you think that is the same thing that maybe happened to them as well. Or? It's it's definitely similar. The the yeah. the, dif- the difference is, is that Blockbuster corporate was kind of always that way. They were they were always a bit in the well no you you know you have to be in your your shined shoes and you can't have cargo pockets and it's this polo shirt and it's this and it's you know the 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 upsell and the, you have to recommend only the movies that it says on the videotape and you can't have free thought and you know it, it but the individual stores didn't do that and as long as you were making money they didn't care you know yeah. um, but there was in that 2007, 2008, especially when they rolled out that end of late fees thing that backfired, like nothing has ever backfired before, um, for the company. Um, because what they did, and I don't know if, if I don't even know if Australia, you probably weren't aware of this. Did you, did you hear that? Is that the late fee backfire type of thing or? Yeah. What happened was, you know, the company was basically, involved in a bunch of class action lawsuits in the mid two thousands because of the late fee policy and people thought they were being duped and they weren't being duped. People were just taking advantage of it. And there were a lot of stores where, you know, the employees weren't doing their job, but there was a window. Like if you dropped off your movie at 1159, it's not going to be late because it takes me five minutes to check it in. You know, we had till two in the afternoon, but if you dropped it afternoon, I didn't have to check it in. So if I didn't get to it, you were late technically, you know, yeah. but, but there were class action lawsuits and things because they felt it was, you know, predatory and vindictive. And it is, you know, it, it's definitely, if the company after all was basing a lot of their profit margin on late fees, like that's yeah. why it was return it in the middle of the day and not return it at night. That's very intentional. Right. Um, but they did this thing. Um, it was the thing they thought was going to save the company. One of the first big things they thought was going to save the company. And it was during like the Netflix was ramping up and Redbox was coming out and all these other things. And they did this ad campaign, which was the end of late fees. And, oh, they, that. <laughs> and they weren't lying. They were not lying. There were no more late fees. They didn't abolish existing late fees. But if you held a movie late, oh. I remember they this they didn't charge you a late fee for it, but what they did they was they, movie. they sold you the movie, and <laughs> but again, if you were if you returned it, they gave you the money back, but there was a restocking fee, and the restocking fee was the price of one rental cycle for the movie, <laughs> so the late fee was still there. Do you oh, know wow. what I mean? <laughs> um, Snaky, yeah. And so that backfired because, you know, people just exploded and said, and here's the worst thing at the time, Blockbuster still had a lot of VHS tapes. And I don't know if you knew this, but since VHS was the first 
thing to ever come out as rental. The way rental originally worked is the companies were leasing the movie from the company because VHSs at the beginning didn't come out to buy. Yeah, It was, we're going to give you this to rent because the production companies were still afraid of if someone can, it's like with the streaming thing today. Well, if someone can buy it at home, why would they bother going to the theater to see it? You know, what yep. was, was the fear. And so they lease it for $120. And so a mom and pop video rental place would have to pay 120 bucks for every copy of that movie they wanted. And then the rentals eventually make back what they paid. And then everything yep. else after that is profit. Well, the point of sale system in Blockbuster for all the VHS tapes still listed the older ones as 120 bucks. So when someone didn't return it, they got billed 120 friggin' dollars. And people were not happy about that. No. <laughs> I can tell you. <laughs> um, and so that 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 created a cluster of of lost profits and more lawsuits and more of this and that and the other thing. And um, I'm not saying it's the thing that killed them, but you know they definitely tried to rebrand. Yeah. Um, but by the time I was still a customer there after I rented, the stores looked more like a Best Buy. You know, yeah. or, uh, or then they did a Blockbuster. It was, oh, you can buy TVs and Blu-ray players and, you know, and it's like, that's not Blockbuster. Yeah, you know, that's, I'm not, that's I'm not doing beautiful. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and so that, that's, you know, and there, there were, you know, there were people that came in at the end that tried to save the company, you know, but they were also the same ones that, you know, decided that making that deal with Netflix was a bad idea. Womp womp, but um, <laughs> but I, I actually it's funny that you, the owner of uh, the franchise here, I was talking to him about like Netflix and Blockbuster and how they missed that opportunity. But he said, which I thought was pretty smart, he's like they if they did buy it, they would have done nothing with it anyway, exactly. and something else would have just come along and done the same thing as Netflix, and you would have been in the same boat anyway. But I did, I did find on doing some research that Blockbuster was into. They had invested um, a lot of money into the that Enron company. On yes, Donut they Hill. did. And they were going to start their own streaming services, but they were probably a bit too far ahead in time back then, like in the nineties. No one, or well, especially in Australia, there's no way that anyone would have been able to stream anything. <laughs> but right. it's it was definitely a risk and you know people look at it now with you know hindsight glasses and go well blockbuster was stupid why didn't they you know but they, but, they but, their... but, but when netflix was trying to do that netflix was doing it because they were they were trying to take a risk they needed yep. someone to invest in them because their streaming side of netflix when that deal was being offered was terrible it it, it literally made no sense like <laughs> it, it kind of blows my mind a little bit how Netflix even took off because why why would you want to go onto your computer, hire a movie and wait for it to come in the mail and then it comes a day or two later when you can just go to your Blockbuster and pick it up the same day? That, that's I never really understood that. I was talking to someone that has worked for Netflix and knows the inner workings. I don't know if you knew this, and I don't know if this is the case in Australia, but in the United States, Netflix still offers the, the delivery rental service for DVDs and Blu-rays. And not only do they still offer it, but it makes them so much money 
that they don't even advertise for it. Really? They said literally, and again, it doesn't make them enough money to, you know, compete now that they're like a movie studio and they do all, but they said literally it, we didn't get rid of it because it self-sustains. It literally, because so many people swear by it and it's the people that want that physical media interaction and can't give it up. Yep. Yeah, that... (laughs) I I don't I'm not hundred percent. I never had Netflix delivered or anything. I was too young for that. But we used to get physical DVDs um, with our internet subscriber. Yep. For an extra fee, like we have um, Telstra over here, and there the, it was called Big Pond, the internet side of it. And if you paid an extra X amount every month, every week, you'd get. Um, two or three DVDs or something sent to you, and you just have oh, to send. Oh, that's really it back. cool. So it was kind of like Netflix's way, I guess. But um, yeah, it, I never, per- never personally had anything from Netflix in the mail. But it, it is, it is an odd business motto as well. But it's like at the time when they did offer it to Blockbuster and. I can kind of, I'm no business professional, but you can kind of see why they would knock them back at the same time. Like, why would they right. care about investing $50 million into a, 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 a rental online thing, waiting a few days to get it when you could just go to one of their stores and they were already investing money into Enron to make a streaming service anyway. So they're already ahead of Netflix in that way, I guess, but... I guess, yeah, poor, poor decisions at the hierarchy um, <laughs> was yeah. the downfall to Blockbuster in a way and unfortunate events like you, the GFC and yes. um, and the the Enron side, like the business itself, like they, they would have lost so much money into that as well. But probably the GFC would have been the killer, the nail on the coffin, I'd imagine, over there. Cause, That's uh, exactly Australia, what it sounds like. Yeah. Australia avoided a recession in the GFC, so that was good. <laughs> we we didn't really. F- well, I was pretty young back then, but every like we avoided. All I know is that we avoided the recession, and um, everything kept prospering pretty much from there. No, that's fantastic. <laughs> you know, it's 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 crazy because Blockbuster, you know, a few a few years after that deal didn't happen, came out with their own DVD rental thing, and it was great. Like as as in it's streaming. As one? It, no, they they right. had a home, and again, it's probably just in the United States, but they had a thing called Blockbuster.com or Blockbuster All Access, and what it yeah. was was yeah. it was a home you know, delivery service, just like Netflix. And actually it shipped from the exact same building as the Netflix <laughs> DVDs. And they just put them in a different package, which was a funny backdoor deal that they had going on. But, um, it, it was a huge success. Like, and, and, and it was great because what, what they did is they said, okay, you know, you can return your rental at the store. I do remember and- and when they scan it at the store, you immediately get a coupon for a free rental at the store. So you're waiting for your next thing to come, but you can still get another movie for free. It was a brilliant business model. That's and that the, the Enron and, and GFC thing is is what it, it just it it pulled the the uh 
it pulled the rug right out from under it all. You know, yeah. because because they leased all their stores and had a whole bunch of credit because they were, you know, owned by a giant film conglomerate. And that's why they got their movies for so cheap. And yep. that's how they had their bartering ship in the first place. But that film conglomerate dropped the company. When Viacom dropped Blockbuster, that's when it went, oh, we don't have the juggernaut. We don't have, yeah. you know, the billion dollar credit line anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and so they, it just. They don't have the pocket money now to pay for some of this. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Netflix, you know, had no overhead. No. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just. Just the shed and. Just a shed and a handful, or not a handful, a fair few DVDs and just send them on their way. It's a yeah. pretty simple and cost-effective um, business plan. But, but Netflix was a giant risk. And the fact that they're, the fact that they still exist and the fact that they had, for the longest time, almost no competition is the craziest right. thing to think about. Yeah. Right? Because most... Most of the streaming services that have come up since Netflix are better than Netflix. Yeah. But Netflix has the, they have the blockbuster thing going for them. Everybody knows what Netflix is because for five, six years, they were the only name in the game. Correct. Well, we only got Netflix in like oh, 2014 or something. Like we wow. haven't, had, haven't had that long. Like this, sorry, the streaming side of things. And I'm not, don't quote me on the 2014 thing, but it, it hasn't been that long over here. It probably has only been like six years or so. Unless yeah. you were using a VPN and, yeah. and, and logging into the United States Netflix, which I, I hope a lot of people do. I was going to say, there's a, there's a few people that do that over here because the Australian Netflix is not the best. <laughs> it's pretty forgotten about. But, you know uh, what? You know what annoys me what's, about what's, all of that is that the internet is a non-region coded thing, right? The internet should be the same internet for you as it is for me, as it is for everybody, and for the most part, it's true. But they start region coding and like catering search engines like you know you've got like google australia and google canada and it's like an amazon and it's like okay i guess that makes sense because different products aren't necessarily available for me and it would be a lot of money to pay to bring them over here i get that but why do we still do that with movies there um, should be there should be no reason to do that anymore like I've, I've been having this debate with myself for a long time just thinking the same thing like why why is it that we don't have what America has and I don't maybe vice versa you don't have a few movies that we have like No I, seriously if I I've, I've so many times searched on my phone or computer for a movie and it goes that's available on Netflix and I don't even think and just go I'm going to be able to watch it later and then I go to try to find it and it goes that movie can't play because that's a UK release and I'm like yep. come on guys yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what you you're breaking me here <laughs> yeah no it definitely doesn't make much sense as to why they do that but and that and then that's where the whole missing the video store thing comes in again because you never had that no at the store, you, you, everything was there. It was accessible. It was... You know what else? You know what else is impossible to have as an experience with everything readily available to you? You can't go to Netflix and know that they have a movie 
and then get there and have them go, sorry, we're out. (laughs) And then have to pick something else that you wouldn't normally have gotten. Yep, because you're already there, so you might as well pick something. And that was my favorite thing. Most, Some of the best movies I ever saw was because I went to get something, they didn't have it. So I walked the wall and found something else that I wouldn't have given a chance in a thousand years. And I ended up loving it. The thing I probably miss the most is the physical contact, like talking. If I went in and same thing, they didn't have what I was looking for. And then I'd go to the my mate John, the manager, and say, "What? What do you? What's a good movie? Do you reckon? What? What? What do you think is worth watching?" And he'd pick something out and show me. He's like, "Oh, this is what I. This is a movie I just watched and I liked it." I'm like, "Oh, cool, right? I'll, I'll try that." And like you said, it. Some of those movies are like the best movies. I would never have watched them. But because he he, I'd asked him, and he'd given his opinion, and I'd end up watching it and think it was fantastic, or or sometimes it was terrible, but most of the time it was great. It it was just yeah that that experience and that one on one with um, the people is probably the biggest thing missing now. Yeah, of course. Now I'm I'm realizing now because you're just so awesome to talk to. That we've we've gone for almost an hour and a half, and um, no, and it, no, and it's great. And and I and I want to say first and foremost that this has been a joy. I really, really, really appreciate you being willing to coordinate and make this happen. Number no, one, because it's awesome. it is not easy. You know, you and I trying to figure out. So that's six hours, and then you're here, <laughs> um, and um, so I really appreciate it. Number one, number two. Um, you know, I'll talk blockbuster any day with you. So please reach back out and and find me more, more people to give that experience. And, and three, I wanted to to ask you a couple of quick questions. Um, one, because I'm a huge film fan, but I'm, I'm very kind of, um, stuck in the United States and what they, you know, jam down my throat and what's readily available. Um, my, my, uh, um, wheelhouse of australian cinema is is lacking and so you seem to be into movies what's something that like and it could be well let's just go with something recent because i definitely know some of like the the more well-known but like what's something recent i should be looking out for an australian movie yeah some something uh-huh. that something something that i might not have seen in the cinema in the united states you know that like you know like a cool indie movie or a cool horror movie or you know because i'm pretty sure the the babadook was australian right the what sorry the babadook um was a horror i, I believe that that director is australian and that movie was filmed in australia she's a um australian director i believe it possibly um, is, but I probably haven't. I haven't heard of nope, it. No, it's okay. It, it 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 was huge here. It was one of those like you know indie horror movies that just exploded. You know what yep. I mean? Yeah, Je- Jennifer Kent, Australian director, filmed entirely in Australia with an Australian crew. So there you go. Well, probably one of the recent movies that I thought was pretty good for because Australian movies sometimes have a pretty ordinary budget and they're not. Yep, not of like course. Your, not like your um, Hollywood movies over there. When oh um, yeah, we we, it, we we love those so much. <laughs> and um, but the one that is a good little Australian action movie that I just watched recently was The Battle of Long Tan, um, which oh, is awesome. based based on a true story. And I I I love true stories and and all that type of jazz. But that is uh, probably one of the one of the newest ones and then another classic 
Australian movie that hits or really shows Australia, I guess, is um, Red Dog as well. I don't know if you ever heard of Red Dog, the movie. I, I have. I've never seen it, but I've definitely heard of it. So that was it, that was in, on my radar. Yeah, it's a, it pulls at the old heart strings, but it, it's just a classic Australian movie. And, um, yeah, they're probably my, probably my top two picks of an Australian movie for sure. That's awesome. I've I've always been a huge fan of uh, of George Miller, and I know that that's that's very commonplace. Um, but you know the the Mad Max Road Warrior movies, and so hearing that he at I think he's eighty now at this point is making another one, and yeah. it's like good for you, dude, because he because he because he fell into the Hollywood problem that that yep. that he made fury road and then a whole bunch of crap got caught up in the rights and he's like damn it i'll just do it myself i'll go back to freaking australia i'm done with all of you <laughs> <laughs> just like, all right sweet um, yeah, but I, but I, but but him you know i i i love i love um you know australian film particularly him and hearing him you know talk about making movies and his approach and the fact that you know this is the guy that made the road warrior and he also he also made Babe Two, and yep. and Happy Feet. <laughs> You're just like, dude, what? Are and he's and he, he's just just as ecstatic about those movies as he is about his crazy over the top post apocalyptic action movies. And you know, I I just I you know it it's the modest smaller budget stuff I like, so I love hearing about stuff like that. You know, I've been listening to a horror podcast recently where people are going through, you know, um, all of Peter Jackson's canon, you know, all the New Zealand horror flicks. And it's just like, I, and, and joking about, you know, how there's a movie called black sheep. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I have, but I've never seen it. It's, it's a New Zealand horror comedy. And they had a lady from New Zealand on the podcast and a lady from Australia on the podcast talking about it. And they were like, you know, judging the movie on its accuracy to like depicting New Zealand and they go well no it's actually pretty accurate the jokes are you know pretty in jokey New Zealand she goes but you know what you know what you'll never find is you'll never find a New Zealander making a joke about a New Zealander having sex with a sheep you'll yeah. find you'll find plenty of New Zealanders saying that Australians do and plenty yeah. of Australians saying New Zealanders do and I was like all right that's really funny <laughs> we we well, it's funny because Australia actually has more sheep than New Zealand. Well, you have but... indigenous sheep too, New right? New Zealand had none. Like that's yeah. entirely like a, a white national, not white nationalist. Uh, uh, the the you know industry that came over that you know that pushed all the Aboriginals out and said you have sheep now. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's just funny that. We 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 do give New Zealanders a lot of um, grief about the sheep, but we actually have more sheep than them. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> but yeah, it, it is a good little like it's New Zealand and Australia like brother and sister type of thing. Like it, of course, very, we're very very much alike in in a lot of aspects of pretty much everything because a lot of them come over here to live and. And they're just exactly like us, but talk a little bit more funny. It, it's it's so funny you say that, you know, be, because I'm, I don't know if you recognize the, you know, it, other parts of the United States people that hear me talk. I don't think I have a very thick Boston accent, 
But yeah. we're known for our accents and we say, wicked kid, wicked piss a guy, you know, and I can <laughs> fucking throw it on if I drink enough. I'll fucking pull that out. But people immediately can place me talking normal. Oh, you're from Boston. And I'm like, what? I yeah. don't sound like I'm from. And then I'm like, oh, no shit. But, you know, it's it's funny that you say that because I, for the longest time, couldn't tell the two apart. And I don't mean that as like a, a negative. It's just until I started seeing more films made in Australia and New Zealand, it's like now I, you're right because it's exact. it's like an Australian accent, but more funny. You 100%. Yeah. There's nice. just a lot. It, it's almost like if Australia had a more um like, like, uh, like, and I don't want to say ignorant isn't the right word, but it's, it's like, it's like you hear someone from the Midwest of the United States and compare them to someone, you know, who's still in the South, but a little bit on the coast, the y'all has more of a drawl to it when you get deeper into the mountains. You know what I mean? It's that kind of thing. The classic one with with New Zealanders is they, we we say 10 and they say tin. It sounds like saying tin and you're like, wait, what? And they fish and chops and you're like, what what are you saying? Like there's some things that you just, you're like, oh man, it just, Sounds well, we, funny. We have that with with Canada, you know, um, because I'm, my state is only two states away from Canada, and Canada is a bilingual nation. And the 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 French Canadian, even though they speak French and English, they have some funny ways of saying some English words. And one of the ones, and and I think this might be Aust- an Australian or a British thing, but they say H instead of H, and yeah. And Z instead of Z. And that yeah. one always breaks me. My, my <laughs> children love the Bounce Patrol. And they're they're either Australian or New Zealand. I forget. And what, so they'll do, you know, the ABCs and they get to Z, Z, Z. And I'm like, what is Z? <laughs> like, <laughs> you're, you're, <laughs> you're like, why do they keep saying this? I don't, what is it? Yeah, no, we, we definitely say Z, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, that makes more sense than Z. Uh, Z Z's a you know I I I have a friend that loves messing around with the English language and so he spells words but using the sounds that are in words that don't like the fact that the word thought and though have the same spelling but with a t at the end so yeah. though he'll spell words that have an o sound with the o u g h and make like a funny looking word and he goes <laughs> no like actually think it through and pronounce it that says this and you're like oh god damn it yes our language is stupid i get the, the one that gets me is um uh how you guys spell mum that always yes. i was like why is there an o in there mom <laughs> but like the way the way it's written, M O M, like O is O, like octopus or anything like that. So you're saying mom, but you're saying mum. Yeah, we but, all say mum. We say mum yeah. just like everybody else, but we spell yeah, mom. Like, why, why do they do this? <laughs> mom, mom. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's it's wild. But you know, again. Oh man, I, I'm, I'm so happy I met you, dude. We we could talk <laughs> yeah. forever. This is fun. Um, but I wanted to give you an opportunity right now, um, you know, to op- open the show up to you, either mention something we hadn't talked about or give a shout out to somebody or just say something, you know, whatever you want. It, it's the, the microphone is yours, as they say. Yeah. I, I don't really know. I, I think my mate Isaac was going to 
he was curious to find out the podcast, so just say g'day to Isaac if he's oh, going to hey, listen to hey, this. <laughs> he is also another blockbuster fanatic. Um, and then hopefully John does listen. He's the manager of the – he managed three blockbusters here. And I was actually just messaging during this and telling him that I was having this talk with you. And he's like, I – Oh, I, I, he does want to talk to you, so yes, that'd be good. He he'll be a good one to talk to because he knows obviously more the ins and outs of Blockbuster itself, and he was there a lot longer than. Oh, well, I didn't work there. He was there longer than me, so it, he would be a good good catch to um Great. get on your show for sure. But no, other than that, that's probably really it. <laughs> no, that's awesome. So you know, I I'll, I'll I'll say that you know this was an absolute joy. For for those for those of you listening that don't really understand because you might be you know like nineteen and think what he's talking about the internet, this is pretty wild that I am ha- I am having a conversation with a guy in Australia over the internet about something that when I started working there it would take me uh, six hours to download a. 20 oh, megabyte Metallica song on Napster yeah. and <laughs> you know and now we're we're talking across continents for free on the internet about Blockbuster which is basically dead and yep. I I think that's so cool and if you're listening to this and you also think that's cool awesome if you don't well why are you listening <laughs> um but uh thank thank you thank you so much josh um no, you know, thank you, josh Chris. josh from the future as it yep. were <laughs> it's currently 4 40 p.m on sunday so <laughs> and it's and it's a 1 a.m on sunday for me oh jeez <laughs> so we're in the same day finally yeah, finally. Only I've only got another eight, seven and a half hours, so and then that I'll be in the future again. I mean it is it does make this really hard to, you know, record where I have to say something and then wait thirteen hours for you to answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> where, where I'm at work and I send you a message and you're going to bed or you're asleep. I'm like, ah, oh, yep, we'll just I'll just wait for him to wake up. <laughs> That was that was really funny. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, I gotta put my kids to bed. You go, I just woke up and I'm gonna go mow my lawn. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, mow your lawn. I'm getting snowed on where yeah. I am, man. Grass. <laughs> I don't have any grass. Oh, uh, uh, well, that's wild. Well, no, I'm 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 nearly falling asleep. So I'm, no, I'm just. Right. I'm no. I'm I'm just gonna say again. Thank you so much. Thank you all yeah. for listening. Thank you for making it a talkbuster night or day or whenever you're listening to this. And please be kind, rewind, and we'll talk to you again soon.